When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hello, Tremendous Leadership fans. Welcome to the Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk to leaders all around the world about what it takes to truly pay the price of leadership. And today, I'm very excited because my guest is Cynthia Jai. And Cynthia is a voice coach. She's a professional speaker. She has the CSP abbreviation after her name, credential, and she's a best-selling author. She's also a TEDx speaker. I had the pleasure of watching her TEDx speech, and she has helped professionals from over 46 countries across six continents to speak with a powerful voice. Cynthia has been a professional speaker and coach for the past 19 years, and her engagement span five continents in 18 countries. Cynthia, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Sure. Thank you, Tracy. I feel very honored to be on the podcast. Thank you. And Cynthia, we connected on LinkedIn rather recently uh, through a fellow friend, Bob Brum, uh, who's also been interviewed on the podcast. Could you share, Cynthia, about how you became aware of all things tremendous? Okay, sure. So uh, you know that (laughs) in my uh, early days in college, that that was actually where it led me to the... uh, Charlie Tremendous Jones, he's a quote. And then, uh, so I think ever since then that I was um, not only that developing my own leadership skills, but also helping other people developing that. And of course, the quote that Cynthia is referring to is that you'll be the same person five years from now that you are today, except for two things, right, Cynthia? The people you meet and the books you read. So I love that you not only did that for yourself, but then you helped others encourage that. I'm just amazed. Um, I had a mother of 10 order off our website this past weekend. And she remarked the same thing that in her early 20s, she heard that quote and she had issues reading that just so impacted her. And she went on and is just a prolific reader. And so are all 10 of her children. So it's just phenomenal, you know, the whole transformation power of books. Yes. And also the quote literally changed my life. So at the time when I heard the quote, I was, as a college student, like many others, I was feeling depressed. <laughs> right. And uh, so I, I didn't know what to do. And then uh, that was initially a quote shared by my dad in Chinese language. And then so uh, ever since then, later on, I found out the English quote, and which had not only guided me throughout my not only college days, but career days, as well as I always share that with my clients, with my friends. Unbelievable. So that was really the spark that really ignited this. And isn't that interesting how we can be in such a bad spot, but then you hear something and you're ready to take it and infuse it and then apply it because it doesn't do any good if you don't read great books and meet great people. It's just a really sweet little quote. But you were at that point where you needed a solution and you acted upon it. Yes, yes. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, let's get down to talking leadership. Cynthia, thank you. That just, that so encourages me. And I know it'll inspire and bless our leaders because I know they all, they all love that quote too and share that repeatedly. So the, one of the things that my father talks about in a speech that he gave many decades ago called the price of leadership is that if you're really going to be a true leader, there's going to be a price that you have to pay. And he outlines four different things that are going to happen to you that you're going to encounter. And the first of those is loneliness. And we've all heard the phrase, it's lonely at the top or, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. But can you unpack what loneliness might look like for the leader and perhaps when you might have been in a season of loneliness? Mm, Yes. I think the loneliness is because there's also some of the concerns that my clients were sharing. They said, now I am in this leadership role that I don't want to get too close with my staff members. Um, there are also times that they are the so-called bad news that I don't want, want to share with them. So I think in that way that it does create a lot of loneliness, especially when you have to face all these bad news challenges on your own. It's almost inevitable that you will feel lonely at the top. Mm-hmm. And what do you recommend for them, some of the the people that you're working with? Because as you said it, it is inevitable. And I always tell people, they're like, well, I've never felt that. And I'm like, then you you haven't set the proper boundaries because it is just a part of leadership. Yes, yes. Uh, So I would recommend two things. Okay. One is that there are times that we do need to be authentic. So there are things that, yes, so it doesn't mean that we don't share the bad news. We do share the bad news, but... There's a quote, it says that always speak the truth, but soften your words. Mm. And uh, so I think authentic leadership is also something that many people are after nowadays. Yes. So authentic leadership does mean that there are times that you need, you do need to share the so-called bad news. You do need to share that what is the frustration you are going through. So that people can understand you more, people can work with you. Uh, so that's one to be more authentic, more honest. And the second thing is, if you feel that there are things that you cannot share with your staff members, there is a way that you probably want to join people who are outside of your company, or like there are many uh, executives network. So you can join them so that you can share your common frustrations (laughs) because these things, we cannot just suppress them in ourselves, in our body, because one day it will become some disease. So um, it cannot be bottled up all in your body. So it needs a channel. So have like-minded people to share with. That would be a very good way. I love that. And then you get that wise counsel too. And you are so right. Stress kills. Your body can catch a disease of the mind. And that's one of the main things that, you know, is a cause of death. So outstanding advice. Thanks so much, Cynthia. Okay. So we talked about loneliness. Now, along with loneliness is weariness because you're at the top. You have all these responsibilities, even if it's not physical, it's a lot because if you don't perform and obviously not everybody performs, you may not uh, be in business longer. You've got shareholders. If you've got all these people looking at you to see if you're able to deliver. So how do you combat weariness? What what should our leaders do if they're uh, perhaps feeling the effects of weariness? The philosophy that also, um, that is also in the way we speak in the voice as well. 
is what I recommend my clients to develop the quality or the state of equanimity. Okay. Uh, so equanimity is that whatever storms are happening outside of you, that you need to de- develop that inner solidness, that inner centeredness that will not be affected by yeah. whatever is happening. So uh, there, you know, that for tornadoes, for typhoon, for all these natural disasters that they can take out the entire village the entire town but you know that in the center of the tornado it is peacefulness wow it is stillness so that's why that because of that stillness it has this massive power so i think that's something that leaders need to develop because when only when we are centered when we have that stillness then we can act with vision, with the right strategy, and we can cope whatever throws at you. I love that. Well, I mean, that's so amazing that you talked about the eye of the storm because I had never thought about it like that. But I also thought as far as shelters, they always tell you, go to the center of the building where there's no windows. And so it's almost like you're going to the center of yourself where you're the deepest of your own core and you're the most protected. And so mm-hmm. all that other stuff, stay away from the stuff you can stay away and seek shelter. So I love yeah. that. I will never forget that one because I speak a lot on crisis leadership and I absolutely am going to use that. That's that's beautiful, Cynthia. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay. So loneliness, weariness. The next thing he talked about was abandonment. And typically abandonment gets a, a negative connotation like fear of abandonment. Um, When my father spoke of it, he used to tell me, Tracy, I do more in a day to contribute to my failure than my success. And I'm like, what? And he's like, because I tend to think about what I like and want to think about in favor of what I ought and need to think about. So he was always very intentional about this hyper-focus that if we really cut out, if we abandon the things that aren't going to move us forward... That's as a leader, you're going to have to keep doing that. So can you explain abandonment? How do you stay focused and on point? So I think first of all is you really you really need to be very clear that what is it? It's not that what you need to do, like uh, your father said, the wise words. So a lot of people, when I started my business, they all, even today, the word that I hear the most is that, oh, Cynthia, you are very focused. Yes. So since day one, you've been focusing on one thing and one thing only. I think it's, uh, that's something that I really love to do. Okay. So I think it's the same for the leaders. The reason that you are in this leadership role, there must be something that this being a leader that draws you. So you need to focus on that. It could be, for example, for some of my, my clients, they love making strategic decisions. So they love to see things from a bigger point of view. So focus on what you love. And the second thing is don't get distracted by all these other things that might be shining or that, that might be uh, more than that might be something new comes out. So it's uh, really uh, know what you love, what you want to do at the same time. Don't get distracted by all those things. So it's still stay on the track. Mm -hmm. And it's tough today. I mean, there's so many, even good books or podcasts. I mean, you're like, oh, wow, I never thought about that. And so you have to, like you said, 
but you really have to get dialed in. And I'm so thankful that usually this is what, when I coach people, this is the thing we struggle with the most. There's so many things we're good at that we could do, but as my father always taught me, there's just that one thing that you're put here to do better than anybody else. And the joy is discovering that and then staying on point so you don't start drifting. Yes, yes. Yeah, excellent. And how do you recommend the people that you coach get clarity on identifying that? Because again, Cynthia, this is something that a lot of people, even leaders struggle with. I hear a lot of leaders, you heard my age demographic who I work with, they're still like, but what do I really want to do with my life? So they're still kind of dialing it in. What do you recommend for them to help them find that? Sure. So um, one is that we can use the method of ruling out. (laughs) I love it. The method of ruling out. I love it. Okay. A lot of my clients, they know what they don't want, but they do not know what they want. So I said, okay, we rule out what you don't want first. And then we can look at the opposite. So that's uh, one way. And then the second thing, which is very important. So in my uh, in a post I shared today, I mentioned that struggles are blessings in disguise. And uh, you know that the reason I'm doing my work is because of the struggle that I went through. So like what you were sharing that your dad was was saying that we are put on this planet for that one thing that only we can do. So how do we know that thing is from our struggles? Because the struggles that we're going through, no one will experience the same exact struggle like what we have experienced. So from the struggles, if you are learning the lesson, you will see that why you're going through that struggle. Like in my early career, I was not hurt. I was not assertive. I went on a journey, went on a journey to be more assertive, to be heard. And guess what? Now I teach people how to be heard. (laughs) So my struggle become my calling. So it was a blessing. So look at your struggles. I love that. And, you know, Cynthia, do you find with your, because 2022, my word for this year was speaking more with my authentic voice and people are like, you had trouble with that? And I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think, you know, being your most authentic version of a leader and again, speaking the truth, but softening your words. Do you find that people just sleep better and get such a sense of release? It's almost like you don't even, I'm not, I don't mean that it doesn't matter how it's received, but you just feel so much truer to yourself. And I was even having some heart issues, you know, like pain. And I'm like, okay, I can tell what's going on. I'm not being authentic in my voice when I share with people. And so the more I dialed that in, I just, I don't have sleep problems anymore. And it's not like, fine, I said it, you deal with it, but I just am being true and speaking what needs to be said. Have you found that with your clients? Yes. It's a sense of liberation. Yes. 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 And that can combat the weariness because I was finding that I was getting very tired emotionally and spiritually, not physically, because I was this constant tension of holding back and not saying what needed to be said. And it was really draining me. That's right. So uh, I was sharing that earlier on in my career, I was not assertive. So uh, whatever I felt, I didn't say it. But what happened was that, for example, someone did something that upset me, but I didn't say anything. Yes. And guess what happened? I will carry that with me for as long as it can go. Mm -hmm. And then I will stay away from that person. So, but 
there are only so many friends you have. If you stay away from every one of them, at the end of the day, you are lonely. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my so gosh. What I've, yes, what I've learned was when someone says something that upsets me, I would tell that person. I said, you know that just now what you said made me feel um, very uh, sad. Mm-hmm. Then the responses I got was, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Then I knew, oh, they didn't mean it at all. It was me who was overthinking. So then once I said it, I never resent that person anymore. So we can keep this relationship. So I I didn't need to become lonely eventually. (laughs) Well, I love that because you allow them to explain themselves rather than jumping to conclusion like you know their motives. Because we all say some brusque or pretty stupid things. And I love that you approach that that way. And would you recommend being able to use that method in the workforce too? If you're having, if a a coworker or a colleague or a boss says something, kind of approach the same thing, say it the same way. The example I was giving was with a coworker when I was working for a corporate in the past. Beautiful. I love it. Excellent. And then if they go, yeah, so what? Then you kind of (laughs) know versus I'm sorry, you know, then, you know, This is not somebody, you know, you need to worry about anymore kind of thing. I love it. Okay. Thank you, Cynthia. Abandonment. And the last thing he talked about was vision. And I think a lot of people have different aspects of vision. And some people like, well, I'm not a visionary. I'm just kind of a a doer. But my dad always said he was very pragmatic and he had these big picture ideas, but it was always very much every day, every person could work this out. And he used to tell me, Tracy, vision um, is nothing more than seeing what needs to be done. So there's that future aspect, but then doing it because otherwise it's just this, it's talk, talk, talk. So can you share with me what your idea of vision is and maybe how you continued once you got clarity on what you wanted to do, this experience or where you weren't assertive and how you yes. continue to hone your vision? Cause you've been doing this for quite a long time. Yes. Yes. So I agree that vision to me is also a big picture. So not only a big picture, but also a big picture down the road. Yes. So like uh, three years, five years, what can we do? Uh, what will happen? And uh, at the same time, I like that we are drilling down this vision, big vision into something that's very actionable. It's like people say, oh, I want to hold my body. I want to get fit. But you cannot just, just think about it. You want to do the very first thing. The very first thing is not that, okay, tonight I'm going to go and jogging for 20 minutes, especially if you haven't been jogging for 20 years. <laughs> so the very first thing might be today, I'm going to uh, go down and uh, just jog five minutes. Yes. Yeah. So I think uh, we do need, especially leaders, if there's no vision, you're not a leader. Right. You do need a vision by the same time, uh, break that vision down into small actionable steps. Yeah. Like the assertiveness. Yes. So right. the very small thing I did was how I was ending my sentences. Because when I was not assertive, I realized I was saying that I want to do this. So it sounds like a question. And that was the very small actionable step I was taking, which is, oh, I want to do this. Instead of making it sounding like a question, I'm making it sounding like a statement. That one small change that made me sound more assertive. So that was one of those uh, small uh, steps. Fantastic. I love that. And I love that you talked about kind of breaking it down to small steps or chunking, as I call it. 
But you really hit on something. Leaders, leaders, they create something out of nothing, something that wasn't there, they create. Managers are the ones that execute making things work. So it's really important as a leader, you can't just be showing up and watching things run. You have to be, you know, this blue sky person, whereas the the flip side of the coin is the blueprint people, you know, and both are very different skill sets. But I love that you brought that up because as a leader, I had to really look at this and go, am I really leading? I'm leading myself, but am I engaging in leadership, which is a whole different realm. And uh, so I love that you really touched on uh, that very, very important nuance. Excellent. Well, Cynthia, we've talked about loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. Can you share anything else that you'd like? We have an open floor right now. I'm really fascinated with working with people. What is the demographic of most of the people that you work with? Is it male, female, young, old? What is it? So most of my clients, they are in the uh, C-suites. So they are the uh, senior executives in the companies. So um, the loneliness problems, all these problems that we're talking about, they do experience and they share. And, uh, you know, very interesting. In my early career, I would say that men uh, will account for about 60% in my clients, 60 to 65. But now it's about 50-50, male, 50% female. Okay. So I think one of the main reasons is because more and more women are going up and showing up in the C-suites as well, which is a very good thing. It's so in terms of age, yeah. So in terms of age, for my clients, most of them they are. I would say the average age is about uh, 45, 45 and above. So I do have uh, younger ones, like in their thirties. I also had old ones. <laughs> my oldest client, I always mention him. So my oldest client, when he was working with me, he was 82. <laughs> I love it. Yes. And this year he's 90. That's fabulous. I've got authors in their 80s. I love it. And for our listeners out there, as you go through each stage and evolve as a leader and get more clarity in your vision, or perhaps you have changes, you know, you're done with this career, the next one. I can't uh, tell you how important it is to continue to hone your leadership voice. Like I said, when I came to 2022, I'm like, this is the voice I'm using. And it isn't that I haven't already been back here 13 years running the company. It's that now is the time for the next phase and I'm rolling out something different and I have to find that voice. So Cynthia, how do people get in touch with you? Because I just can't encourage our leaders enough to really consider continuing to craft their leadership voice. I mean, you want to do it up here with tremendous books and you want to update your circle with tremendous people, but that voice is such an important part of sending out, communicating all the tremendous things that are coming into you. So the best way is uh, to connect with me on LinkedIn. Excellent. That's where we met. (laughs) Yes. So that's one. And then the second source is my website. So my website is PowerfulExecutiveVoice.com. Excellent. And we'll have that all in the show notes for our listeners to connect with you. Well, Cynthia, I just, um, I scribbled quite a few notes down here. You gave me quite a bit of wonderful things to think about. And any last thoughts or parting words for our guest today? Sure. So, uh, you know, that it's like everything we do for the leaders is not just learning about the skills, the techniques. The most important thing over the years that I've realized is that we need to not only just upscale ourselves, but also elevate ourselves as a leader, 
elevate in terms of not only the skills, but also mentally, emotionally elevate ourselves. Because once we are able to elevate ourselves into the next level, you will see things, they start to flow. So even though I haven't been the CEO, but I've led nonprofit organizations, I've led my own small team, that's what I felt. Whenever I elevate myself to the next level, I started to feel that things is flowing. Things are flowing. So that's what I would recommend to our leaders. Excellent. Cynthia, thanks so much. All right, for our listeners out there, again, this was Cynthia Jai. We have the connect connections that you can reach out to her. And Cynthia, thank you again so much for everything you shared with us, for your wisdom, and for helping make a difference in other people's lives um, so they can go out and be the leaders that the world, that they and the world need. All right. So to our tremendous listeners out there, if you like what you heard today, be sure and hit the subscribe button and be sure and leave us an honor of a review or a comment. We answer all those comments personally. Please share this with a friend as well. Come on over to TremendousLeadership.com. Check out all the tremendous books, resources, DVDs, CDs, and we'll introduce you to a world of tremendous people to help you really continue your upward trajectory. Thanks so much for being a part of our tremendous tribe. Have a tremendous rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.